According to everything we said, it should be clear that all of the G'dayle Adairis were involved in this individual Avaida that we've been working on. And we know, we're aware of their Avaida. There is no comparing their holy avoda in previous generations and the avoda in our orphaned generation. However, Revolbi calls the Avaida of previous generations Torah, and therefore we are obligated to learn it, how they served HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how they worked on themselves. We know what's in front of us, we know what we have to do. But we can use, very often, we hear these stories of what it was like in previous generations, and there's a big movement today, it's a very sad movement, that was in previous times. No. I personally find a lot of these uh, art scroll biographies very inspiring. People get very upset. They're exaggerating. They're making everyone... These people were tremendous kudailu. There was something about the previous generation that was awesome and inspiring, and we should draw from it. doesn't mean that it's going to be exactly the same. It can't be the same, because what's the whole Yisoyed? Nothing is the same. Nachi Zavayda, Akiva Zavayda, Mordechai Zavayda are three separate Avaydas. So even if it was in our generation, if it's in different generations... But to chas v'shalom, throw out that which we have in previous generations is not doing anyone a service. Matzinu We find that there are two general ways of serving Hashem in this individualized way of working on yourself. There are those... There are those that, aside from their general observance of Kolotar Kula, they were medactic in an exceptional way on one mitzvah. So there are people that the way they see their service of Hashem is, of course we have to follow Kolotar Kula, but this is my mitzvah. And we're going to learn about that approach in a minute. There is another general way here of working on yourself, and that is to establish a sulam, a ladder of how we go up from one place to the next. And Revolbi now is going to go through each one. Is it like gold? What was that? Like gold? You'll see. You'll see what he means. <laughs> Which means Yeshulam Shari. The Kayemes Gimel Sudus Peshabbos. We find the Gemara and Shabbos and Kofi Yolchesam Beis. Rav Nachman says that he will get his reward because he ate three sudas on Shabbos. Now, of course, Rav Nachman, if he's one of the Amoraim, he did much more than eat Gimel sudas on Shabbos, correct? Chavra, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was medactic in Kol Tarakula. To be one of the Amoraim who's spoken about in the Gemara is beyond human comprehension, right? So he's saying, Taisili, how am I going to get my scar? <coughs> because what did I do? Because I, I had Shalashudas. You know, you know, if you didn't, if you don't know how to read this Gemara deeply, you know what it, you know what it sounds like. It sounds like when Rav Nachman wasn't hungry on a short Shabbos, he still was machbet tavshal shodes. 
And for that he gets his Olam Abba. That sounds, sounds like a strange thing. Amr of Yehuda, of Yehuda says, Taisili to Kayemis Ian Tvila. Of Yehuda says, you know what I'm going to get my scar for? Because I learned how to daven. I learned how to daven. Amr of Huna, Bereder of Yeshua, Taisili to Kayemis Mrs. Tvilin. I put on Tvilin every single day. What are we talking about over here? These are not, from Amoraim, we would not expect this level of, of, of schar for these observance. One more time, over in Nachman, Taisili, the Kayemans, Mitzvah Tzitzis. I wore Tzitzis. I know Tzitzis can be a struggle for some people, but you wouldn't imagine that for Nachman, this is going to be the thing that gets him his schar in Alam Abbas. So what's the Gemara talking about? Kol Echod Mehamoraim Ha'ele Hixik Bemitzvah Achas, Shakayim Osad Bediktuk Miyuchad. Ukadisa Shamal Rabba. Every single one of the Amoraim was not speaking about Stam they wore tzitzis, Stam they wore tefillin, Stam they had gimel sudas. No, this was their mitzvah. This was their portal in, so to speak. We'll discuss what that means in a second. And the Gemara says over there about Rabbah, Rabbah's mitzvah was tzitzis, and he was very makbid on tzitzis. One day he was walking up the stairs, and one of his tzitzis strings tore. And he did not leave from that place until he had undone all of his tzitzis and redid them in a way that it would be kosher. Why? Because he did not move without wearing tzitzis. And even in later, later generations, it's known about the Chavetz Chaim, that he was, he was so careful to, to separate himself, to distance himself, from any Lashon Hara. There are those that choose to work on living a life of faith. And there are those that live with integrity. It's every single person according to what's their thing as long as they're doing it all the way. Now let's talk about the value of this for a second. The value of this is as follows. A Rebbe of mine once gave me the following marshal to explain why a person would take this approach. He said, imagine a mansion. A mansion has 30 doors to get into the mansion. It's a giant castle. You can get in from many different entrances. It's not a question of how you get into the mansion. The question is, are you in the mansion? That's the only question. Now, when a person serves Hashem in a general way, they check off all the boxes. That's great, but that doesn't mean that you're focused. A person, it's possible, as we know, to do all of our avodas hakodesh and not be focused, which is, as they say in the Hasidus, a lebedika meis. It's a, it's a, it's alive, but it's dead. Right? You have a person who's alive. He's alive. He's walking around, but he's dead. Why is he dead? because he's not focused. Where do you see this? Primarily you see this in the area of relationships. Wherever you see a relationship, you should know that it's possible to check off all the boxes of the relationship, but it doesn't mean that you're participating in the relationship. Ah, you'll say, but what am I doing wrong? And many husbands say this to their wives, what am I doing wrong? Am I not doing all of the things that are expected of me in the relationship? What's the answer? Of course you are. But that doesn't mean that you're participating in the relationship. As we all know, it's possible to show up to Shachris. And when's the first time that you have Kavana during Shachris? Shir Shalom. Why? What day is it? Because you have to think about the day it is. What day it is. 
right? That's the first time. What bracha should we really be making during Shemona Esrei? Tefillah Zadarech. Because how far away were you when you were in the middle of Shemona Esrei? It's possible for a person to be davening Shemona Esrei, and they're 6,000 miles away, 10,000 miles away. It's possible that a person is living five years ago in the middle of Shemona Esrei. He's thinking about the things he did five years ago. And of course, we know that some of the worst thoughts that we've ever had come up when? During Shemona Esrei. Mamish, some of the most disgusting thoughts pop into our heads. Spoken about it. The Bali Muslims speak about it. The Bali Hasidah speak about it. It's a very real thing. But the reality is that we know that it's possible to be somewhere and to be nowhere at the same time. So what does it mean to make for yourself a mitzvah? How is that walking into the portal of the mansion? It's possible for a person to do 613 mitzvahs and to do no averas, and he has not walked into the mansion. He's doing sifuvim. He's doing hakafos around the mansion. But he hasn't walked into the mansion. Why? Because the mansion, inside the mansion, is where the relationship occurs. Right? Outside the mansion is where the avadim come to build the house. But they don't get to participate in the relationship. So without focus, you are not participating in the relationship. Now how do you create focus? Focus requires action. That's a big yesod. You're not focused on something if it doesn't come along with action. That's the lip service, right? I'm really working on myself this year. What are you doing? You know, like generally working on myself. What does that mean? It means nothing, right? What does it mean you're working on yourself? What are you doing to work on yourself? Uh, and by the way, if you ask that question, you'll see that people will give you the silliest answers. Like, I'm coming to more stuff. <laughs> coming to more stuff has nothing to do with entering into the mansion, right? That's checking the boxes. It's just the opposite. I once asked this to a guy. In all sincerity, I said, I feel like I'm working on myself this year. I said, what does that mean? He got stuck. He said, I don't know what it means. He goes, honestly, I'm really trying to lose weight. I said, that's amazing. It's important to lose weight. But don't conflate losing weight for being a yeshiva bacher, right? In other words, if losing your weight, if you told me I'm losing my weight because I'm focusing on my avodah Hashem in terms of how I relate to food, and that's the air, fine, but say that. But from the way he was speaking, it sounded more like he was focusing on the number on the scale. You understand? That's not necessarily called working on yourself. Working on yourself comes with a particular task. So if you'll take a mitzvah, that's your mitzvah. And by the way, take one that's difficult for you. Take one that's difficult for you. And you say, no matter what, this mitzvah is prioritized. You'll see amazing things, not in that one area, but in your entire Yiddishkeit. Because now all of the other hakafos that you were doing with the rest of your Yiddishkeit, they come into focus. So for example, a young man told me that he had trouble wearing tefillin. I don't know if you know people like this. Some people, they, they, for whatever reason, tefillin, they're allergic to it. Mamish allergic to it. They don't, he said, I cannot get myself to put on tefillin every single day. We were learning Ali Shor together. This was a couple years ago. We were learning Ali Shor together. He was makabal on himself. He's never going to miss, miss a day of tefillin. He wasn't makabal to put them on by shachris. He wasn't makabal to put them on by mincha. He's makbid to throw on his tefillin for 10 seconds. No matter what. Okay? Say there. Next day. Did you put on tefillin yet today? Rabbi, I put on tefillin. Day after that. Did you put on tefillin yet today? Yes. Day after that. Did you put on tefillin yet today? Not yet. We looked outside. The sun was still there, but it was heading out. Run, put on your tefillin right now. Rabbi, I can't. You know, you know when guys do that? You've seen that. I can't. 
What's the big deal? You were macabre three days ago. Three days. Where's the Cyrus from three days ago, right? We know what happens to the Cyrus from three days ago. Where's the Cyrus from three days ago? Fine, I'll put on my tool. After he put on his tool and I sat him down, I said, this is not going to work. He said, why not? I said, because the avoda wasn't for me to push you into this. The avoda was for you to be macabre this on yourself, to say no matter what. You should know that since then, as far as I know, I spoke to him six weeks ago, maybe a little less. He has not yet missed a day of tefillin. He has not yet missed a day of tefillin since then. And I'll tell you something else about him. An extraordinary thing started to occur. Once he started putting on tefillin, he realized to himself, it's silly if I'm like so being medactic in this, not to daven. So one thing led to another, and he started to daven. And all of a sudden, once he started to daven, and he started to be makbed on daven, all of a sudden things started to come together. Can I tell you that this guy is the starkest guy today? Can I tell you that he's the guy who like, people are looking at and going like, whoa? No, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you if this guy is held on, the reason he's held on is because he has an unbelievable focus <laughs> in one thing. No matter what, I won't miss a day of tefillin. And you see, it doesn't, it doesn't just impact that one area. It spreads out and it impacts the other areas as well. So that's one approach. I would encourage you, if you want to take this approach, again, by the end of the day, we're going to have to figure out which approach we want to take, right? Either one or the other. But if you want to take this approach, don't ask yourself, what's the easy mitzvah? Don't ask yourself, what's the mitzvah I'm really good at? And then say, okay, that's going to be my focus. Take something that's going to require focus and do that. If a guy has major ADHD, right? He tells himself, what was that? Uh-huh. Yeah? You know what they say? No, nah, I'm not going to make that joke. It's a stupid rabbi joke. Yeah? Do it, do it. Nah, it's like one of those, like, uh, attention deficit hate donut. You know, that's what ADHD stands for. It's a stupid rabbi joke. You get smicha for those jokes, yeah? If you have major, major ADHD, you're makbid. If you're a guy that says, if you're a guy that says, uh, I'm a person that says Lashon Hara, do maksim lefi. Take an hour for yourself every single day. And not an hour from 3 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the morning, Yeah? I was always that guy, can, we, can you sign you up for Maxim Lafi? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Three o'clock in the morning, it's four o'clock in the morning. You have my word, I won't say any Lashon Not like Rabbi Safar. Rabbi Safar signed up for Maxim Lafi, and he signed up from seven o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock in the morning, smack in the middle of our carpool. I said, well, come on, you're ruining my whole carpool. It's one thing if you want to take it on for yourself, but who are you to be from for me? And the Rashiva did not like that joke. Yeah, but... Uh, nor did Rabbi Arnold. Nor did Rabbi Safar, but I thought it was a start. The, um, <laughs> since uh, that comprises all, 25% of the car, I think it's meaningful. Yeah? <laughs> all right, welcome back to some of you. Okay, so ask yourself, if this is going to be your way, what's the thing I don't want to do? If, I'm, if I find myself to be narcissistic, what's the chesed I'm going to do every single day? What's the thing I'm going to be medactic on B'yaisar? Okay, that's one. He continues, Mefurashin Yenzeh, you guys know what Sajigon is? Sajigon is the, uh, what did you say? You've heard of him. Okay, good. Sajigon was one of the uh, biggest Gainim from the period of the Gainim. He says, listen to this. Who is the Oyved Hashem? Somebody who is Miyachid. He, he selects out for himself one mitzvah. And no matter what, he's not going to be over on this mitzvah. Let's see, he has the opportunity to uh, to cut it short a little bit. No, he doesn't cut it short. He has a makbid on davening. I don't leave davening early, and now he's got to leave five minutes early to go uh, make a meeting. Make sure to daven at, a, at a early meet. Uh, make sure to daven at an early minion. Why? Because I don't leave davening early. 
Let's say a person says, I'm not going to let Zman Tfila pass. That's something a lot of us need to think about. This is one you guys, Baruch Hashem, probably haven't had this challenge yet, but it will come up in your life. People that acquire money in ways that are have a, a Shemetz of Isser. Yeah, you could do it. It's not, a lot of times, guys, it won't be clear. It won't be clear that it's the wrong thing to do, right? But it doesn't pass the sun test. You know what the sun test is? If the sun is shining, does it seem beautiful? Yeah? If the sun is shining on that business deal, are you proud? Do you go home and tell your mother, yeah, I ripped this guy off? You know, if you're saying it in a Zah way, that's, that could be an area where a person is machmed. Some people will say, okay, my area where I need to work on is in the area of inappropriate relationships. Maybe it's Shmiras Einayim. Maybe it's Shmiras Abris. Maybe it's only being in appropriate relationships. Right? Everybody has to know their area. Again, we're quoting here from Rabbeinu Sadiqah. If you do even one mitzvah, it doesn't mean one mitzvah to the exclusion of all others. But if you focus on one mitzvah, this is a person who's going to have harachas yamim, he's going to have a long life, and he's going to be noichelos aretz, he's going to have a nachlin eretz Yisrael. Here we're speaking about what? A person who is makbid to focus on the mitzvah of kibbutz Okay. Okay. No, no, we don't make Hakadosh Baruch Hu's cheshbonus. And as Chazal already pointed out, there are people that were medactic biyoser in the midst of kibbutz Aveim and lived very short lives. We don't make. This is the this is the promise. What these things mean, how they actually play out, doesn't mean that if you're not doing that, person could live till 120 and be a rasha merusha. Person could be the biggest tzaddik in the world and die in his 30s. Right? But we're we're not here to make the cheshbon. But, we're, but we see, if the Torah says, this is a mitzvah that's going to have arachas yamim, if this is the mitzvah that you're going to have, that you're going to have a nachla in the aretz, right? That's an important mitzvah, right? So if you're midaktik b'yoyser in these mitzvahs, and you say, okay, this is my mitzvah, right? My, no matter what, shachras. I don't daven shachras later than the zman. I only daven with a minion, right? I don't leave early from daven, right? Whatever, whatever it is, I don't talk back to my parents, you know, if we actually, by the way, it's scary. If you actually look at the halachas of Kibbutz Avayim, it's a frightening, frightening halachas. The things that you're allowed to say or not say to our parents, mamish frightening. Okay. However, there is a second derech. And this derech might be better for some of you than the first one. You're going to have to look inside of yourself and know. Some people, the way they do it, is they don't just focus on one mitzvah, but they set themselves up in a program, a program of growth. For example, one of the most famous sulams is the sulam of Rav Pinchas Ben Yar. Why is the sulam of Rav Pinchas Ben Yar so famous? Because Mesil Sisharim is based off of that sulam. Okay? So what, what was that sulam? Tyra maybe is here, Zahira maybe is Rizos. Right? So he sets up. First, I'm going to start off with Tyra. And then from Torah, I'm going to go to Zerizus. From Zerizus, is going to come, right? And what happens is, the Ramchal, and this is Sharam, what he did is he took the Sulam and he blew it out. So that's, this is what it means to be on stage one. Then from stage one, you go to stage two, like in a video game, right? In a video game, after you complete stage one, then you're ready to go to stage two, right? You've acquired enough nonsense along the way, treasures. I don't know, I'm trying to speak your language here, yeah? Uh, you've gotten enough... Um, 
not just points, but you've gotten enough accoutrements. What was that? In, in, in the Jewish way, how would that yeah, for, for example, we'll see, so he says, Right? When you look at the Sefer Chovos Alevavos, one leads to the next. This comes first, this comes second. As he explains himself. This is not just, uh, this was not just in the later days, but this was in the Rishonim already. The Ramban had a Sula. Movil me'adibor benachas v'hazehiros mikas la'anavav. First thing, the Ramban set out for himself is I'm going to speak in a pleasant way. Have you with me? I'm going to speak in a pleasant way. What does it mean to speak in a pleasant way? Soft, kind, gentle. After that, I'm going to work on my zahirus. Right? Then after that, I'm going to work on my anger. Then I'm going to, after that, I'm going to work on my humility. But each one bleeds into the next. Right? It's not just haphazard. Right? There's going to be a focus not just on one thing, but on many things. But how does that focus work? One leads to the next, leads to the next. Comprende vous y play? Say we oui in French. Yeah? You understand? Comprende vous y play? We. Yeah? May I novel yira from humility to Av Hashem? May I yira le simcha? And then from yira, ultimately finishing up in simcha. Simcha bechalko, being happy with what you have. Misham le yeres ruach hashkina la adam. And then from there, you'll be zaychad have the shechina shaira on you. So you see, the Ramban wasn't just focused on one thing. What was he focused on? Many things. But he had an order. This is what I'm going to do first. Guy says in yeshiva, okay, Rabbi, I can't just focus on one thing. I don't see that as my avod, right? But the first thing I'm going to focus on is I'm going to focus on shmiras astar. Then from shmiras astar, I'm going to focus on being makvid to go to minyan. Then from being Makhbed to go to Minyan, what's going to come next? I'm going to be Makhbed on learning Benastar. Then I'm going to be Makhbed on how I'm doing in the dorms. So you write for yourself out a list. What are the eight things that I want to accomplish? What comes first? What comes second? What are the actions? Well, guys, I'm giving you the homework right now. What are the actions that go along with that Sulam Amidos? So make a plan for yourself. If this is going to be your way, if it's not just going to be taking one thing. By the way, for me, one thing was better. For me, one thing was better. But, you see that for many of you, just from gauging your faces, you feel like, no, I don't want to just do one thing. It doesn't speak to you. So what's going to be the thing that comes after that? Okay, so let's say step one was Shmira Sastara. What does Shmira Sastara mean to you? Right? Does Shmira Sastara mean that you're going to be there all three hours? Does Shmira Sastara mean you're going to be learning all three hours? Does Shmira Sastara mean I'm going, to, I'm going to be in base magic, I'm going to be learning all three hours, but I know myself I need to take breaks. Okay, if you need to take breaks, how long are your breaks going to be every hour? Does Shmira Sastara mean my phone does not come into the base magic? You see how you have to get very specific? And how long are you going to be working on Shmira Sastara for? Right? In other words, this Shmira Sastara Mavoda, it's a three-week avoda. Every single day, I'm going to write down Clearly, in my notebook, I'm going to write down, I'm going to say, okay, my goal for today was Shmira Sastarim. At the end of every Seder, I'm going to write in, did I accomplish, didn't I accomplish. At the end of the next day, I'm going to do the same thing. And then after 21 days, I'm not going to stop, but then I build up. I'm going from Shmira Sastarim to learning Bein Astarim. Okay, how long is Bein Astarim? What does that mean to learn Bein Astarim? Which Starim should I be learning? What should I be learning in those Starim? Is Am I meant to do more Gemara? Am I meant? You have to get it all clear. Then from there you go to Minion. What does Minion mean? Some people go, Minion means if I made it at any point during Minion at all. Yeah? So for some people that's called making Minion. 
For some people, they say, I'm not going to come past Baruch Some people making minion means that they say, I'm going to come 10 minutes early. But either way, guys, it has to be a plan. It can't be haphazard. You understand? The person has to make a cheshman. What's the first thing I need to work on? The first thing. And then ask yourself after that, okay, now what's the second thing? Don't come and say, here's eight disparate things I'd like to work on this year. No, you have the eight things. But what comes first? You understand? What comes first? If a person tells me, and I've had this before in yeshiva, a guy says, um, I really think the first thing on my sula mamido should be that I should wear a gartel. That's very silly. That's very silly. What does wearing a gartel have to do with sula mamidos? Wearing a gartel could be a, a, a could be a nice chumrah if you don't want to hold like the Mishnah Brewer that the that the rubber in your underwear isn't enough, right? The uh, the elastic. So then to say you want to put on a gartel. The guy comes to davening for five minutes, but the five minutes that he's there, he's wearing a gartel. Shkoyach. You're not working on yourself. You're dressing up. It's part of this. Uh, it's part of this newfangled uh, ideas in Judaism that we don't actually have to do the work. But if we dress like we did the work, right, or we have payas and we go to mikvah, so then it's ki'ilu we did the work. But I, when's the last time you opened up a sefer? I'm not ripping on anyone in particular, you understand. I'm just saying this seems to be a trend in today's Yiddishkeit. I haven't opened up a sefer in years. I haven't learned the black Amara in years. I haven't done shnayim mikra in years. I haven't finished mishnayis in years. I'm barely making minyanim. But don't worry, Rabbi, I go to mikvah every Arab Shabbos. You're not on a sulam amidos if you do that. You're just part of this new culture that you can say you're neo-whatever, so then you don't actually have to do any work in your Yiddish name. Right? That's silly. And by the way, it's not what any of the uh, mashpiyim would tell you to do. If you've picked up on the fact that I happen to have a particular issue with this, uh, it's because you're right. Okay. Rabbeinu Yonah Zal Koysev. The Rabbeinu Yonah, again, along the same lines. He writes, Umiyiras Hashem v'avaso v'habushim ilafanov toysev malatomid. That a person from Yiras Hashem and from Avas Hashem and from being embarrassed, right? Because being embarrassed is not the same thing as being ashamed. What's the difference between being embarrassed and being ashamed? Embarrassed is like uh, guilt, ashamed is how you feel. Correct. Embarrassed means that that activity was beneath me. I wouldn't want people seeing me do it. Ashamed means I am unworthy of your love if you would know that I did this thing. I've heard you give that definition. Okay, so then uh, obviously it's... uh, it's good that you were paying attention. But what does the Rabbein Yonah, what does the Rabbein say? Avas Hashem, Yeras Hashem, Busha. If you had those foundations, what's going to happen? You're constantly going to be building up. V'nirish hezehu sulamo. It appears, Revolbi says, that this was his sulam. First comes Oav Hashem, and then after Oav Hashem comes what? Avas Hashem. And then what comes after Avas Hashem? And then afterwards comes the embarrassment. And how amazing it is to then start to focus on what the um, on what the Kuzari says. Torah is divided up between fearing God, loving God, and Simcha. And we find, again, even though the Rabbeinu Yonah says it in a quick way, he says it quickly, right? I'm sorry, not the Rabbeinu Yonah. Even though the Kuzari says it in a quick way, what's he really saying, Chevro? He's saying his sulam. He wasn't just saying things. He was saying his sulam. And you see, guys, two G'daylam in Klai and what was their end game? Two totally different things. One, what the end game of the Kuzari was what, guys? <coughs> that was the end game. The end game was, will I serve Hashem with joy? 
right? The other was, will I serve Hashem and be embarrassed in front of Him? So, Hever, you might say to yourself, one sounds better than the other, right? No, each one is correct, but it goes according to the Sharish of his Nisham. <coughs> you understand? goes according to the Sharish of his Nisham. So, Hever, can I sit here and tell you what your end game should be? I cannot. I cannot tell you what the Sharish of your end game should be, but you have to figure that out for yourself. Ask yourself, what's the thing I want to get to? For some people, now I'll share with you that for me this is what it was. My end game is authenticity. That's my end game. That's where I want to get to. The steps that we take, I want to get to a place where I'm totally authentic in my service of Hashem. That's what I'm working on. That's my end game. There are things that we do to get there, right? So what's your end game? Is your end game Simcha? Is your end game Talmud Torah? Is your end game Iyonat Tzfilah? But tell me what it's going to take for you to get there. It's amazing to see and to consider. In this line, when I did it for the first time, I underlined this line. It was a very important line. It's amazing to consider that when a person actually starts to do this, guys, something shifts. What's the shift? You find your place in the Eulam according to your essence. Why is this so important? I want to tell you why it's so important. This line of Revolbi is so important. Because, Litzaareinu Hagadol. Today, we're in terrible pain because we have systems. And systems tell people where they need to end up. And those systems are not encouraging individuality. And as a result of not encouraging individuality, I don't mean fake individuality. I don't mean individuality as expressed by the, by the color of your shirt. That's not individuality. Individuality is much deeper than that. But what's happening, guys, is as follows. Guys are feeling disconnected and displaced in Judaism. Why? Because they don't know how it's theirs. They don't know how it relates to them. And so they're coming along and they're saying, and they don't even realize what they're saying, but they're saying something very powerful. They're saying... What does this have to do with me? However, the answer to that question is, I don't know. What does it have to do with you? But guys, are, they don't get it when you say that. The guy comes along and he says, I don't know what any of this has to do with me. I feel like I'm doing everything, but I, I just, I just don't, it doesn't feel right to me. Right? What are they really saying? Saying, this ain't me. Now watch the same guy play basketball. All of a sudden, there's a totally different mensch. What changed? What changed? Because in basketball, he feels like he has his place. He feels like, this is my game. I got this game. I'm good at this. I know where I'm headed. Right? I can get a win here. People don't know how to get a win out of their Judaism. They don't, they don't know how to say, like, okay, where am I headed with all of this? Revolbi is saying an unbelievable yasayid in chinuch. And by the way, you're responsible to be yourself as much as I'm responsible to be If your Judaism this year, if your Avaidus Hashem this year is limited to, I did what the yeshiva told me to do, right? That's the baseline. The yeshiva is setting up for you the baseline of what it means to be a part of our structure. But if that's, if that's it, if there's no investiture of your own kaychas nefesh of figuring out for yourself what your place is in your Yiddishkeit, then we have fundamentally failed as a yeshiva. The goal of yeshiva is not that you came to Minyan, you learnt your star. That's not the goal. And that's why so many guys who do it feel so frustrated. And I'll give you an example. A young man comes to me and he says, Rebbe, for a particular period of time, I decided I was going to make sure I was at every Minyan, every Seder, all my Bein every single possible thing. I'm going to do it for a particular period of time. 
What happens after that particular period of time is over? What do you want? What do you think happened? Somehow, even though this young man thought, I'm going to do it for X period of time, seems logical, right? And once I've got the ball rolling, the behaviorist model of psychology, it'll just keep going from there, right? What was flawed in his thinking? That's right. As if you're rolling a ball downhill, all you have to do is get it started. But if you're rolling a ball uphill, and you push, 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 and then you go, okay, I'm done, right? It's not going to just go of its own momentum. And even if it does for a little bit, what's going to start to happen? Slowly, slowly, it's going to start to inch backwards, right? And then it's going to start to pick up, speed, pick, up, pick up steam. And then what happens? The boulder goes farther down the mountain than it's ever gone before. Why? Because now it was coming from this place all up. And you, you have these guys, they're so frustrated, right? What are they frustrated with? They're so frustrated. I just... I guess I have no consistency. And then they start to do this thing. Maybe it's not me. They start to doubt every thought, every, every thought they had about the, maybe I see it's not me, right? And then all of a sudden it falls apart. Yeah, Akiva? Um, so then why is it like a popular uh, thing in Sushiro for a bank to offer incentives to? Incentives are meant for you to challenge yourself, not to replace your own authenticity in Yeshiva. You understand the difference? In other words, there's value in saying, let's say we, let's say we went to the gym, okay? Do you go to the gym a lot? I haven't, I haven't moved in like six months. But. You haven't moved in six months? <laughs> no. Welcome to my world. Yeah? You're going to end up looking like me one day if you're not careful. Yeah? A combination of eating seriously and learning seriously is deadly to the body. Yeah? So, let's say, we were, let's say you and I were people that went to the gym. Let's say we had a trainer, right? And the trainer is used to us and <coughs> says, okay, every day we do three sets of this, three sets of that, right? 12 reps each, fine. Now, one day, I've done my three reps. I'm sore as anything. It's the very last set. And my trainer says to me, go for four. Four, you know, I, said, I can't do four. I was maxing out. I was already, what do they call that, in the negative? Right, when you can't, uh, you can't go anymore? Whatever it's called, doesn't matter. You guys aren't big workout guys. Yeah. What was that? The wrong chevre. Yeah, wrong chevre for it. Okay, whatever, it's a good muscle anyway. You're all in big trouble, boys. You're gonna end up looking like me, yeah? So what happens? His trainer says to him, do one more rep, and if you do, then what? Do one more rep, and if you do? Get a cake. Yeah, that's probably not <laughs> a good idea, right? He's just Yeah, no, but you see, yeah. If you do one more of these, you know, we'll throw in a free whatever from the gym. We'll throw in a free uh, kale smoothie, whatever, uh, whatever they're doing today in these gyms. Why is, why is, the, why is he doing that? I, he's not going to do four reps every time. He's probably in his life not even going to do three reps, right? Realistically, in your life, you're not going to be able probably to learn nine, ten hours a day, right? So what's the sense of getting you up to 12 if you're not even going to do nine? The answer is it teaches you something about yourself. The more you stretch yourself, the more in life you're going to have the capacity to do that thing when it gets even harder. So you're right. In, you know, in, in yeshiva, you might be able to learn 10, 11, 12 hours a day. You go, you have a job. Right? Minimally today, a job will, you know, you have people leaving their homes at 8 o'clock in the morning, not getting back until 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Right? They have to spend, not to have to, they want to. They should want to. It's part of their responsibility to spend time with their wives, to spend time with their children. Right? They throw on top of that myrif. Right? Throw on top of that learning. Right? Throw on top of that, you know, maybe you were one of those dafyomi guys in the morning. If you weren't zaycher to do the dafyomi on the train, if you're a guy that wakes up asikin, well, Maisi, you're talking about a person who's sometimes maximally sleeping five, six hours a night. Where does he get the kayak to do that? When he challenged himself in yeshiva and he realized this is something I want in my life, he's going to make sure that no matter what, 
It's part of his life. That's the tafkid of mitzvah. But, but, if a, if a mitzvah replaces, this is where I might agree with you, if a mitzvah replaces uh, the authentic growth of knowing yourself and knowing your end game, then I agree with you, right? In other words, the purpose here, let's say, let's say the tafkid was authenticity, right? So then the mitzvah would become a part of that growth towards authenticity, right? Because I'm really authentic about my learning, then I should be doing it perhaps more than I am, right? If I'm really authentic about connection, maybe I shouldn't be bringing my phone to Seder anymore. If I'm really authentic about working on my ADHD, then maybe I should start taking that medicine because that might be the most authentic way of working on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that's where it would fit in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? Shlomo. How would... Uh... Because the ball has to go uphill, it requires a constant investment of energy. And therefore, one thing has to naturally lead to the next. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a personal story where I used to flunk all the time. When I was in Kailo, so the minal of the yeshiva, or Shmulevitz, was always pushing the Kailo guys to give chaburas. So every Thursday, after Mincha, you had to give a Chabura, okay? Now, giving a Chabura to some of these Kolo guys was a little scary because some of these guys were really, really good in learning. And so you would pick a, um, you would pick a, a topic and you'd really put in weeks of research into that topic. You'd know it cold and you'd present it to the Chevra. For the most part, guys didn't pay attention, but you always had a core couple of guys that paid attention and were there and they were going to rip on you if you made mistakes. How does that make sense in light of this? How does that make sense in light of that? When you finished your Chabura, it was like an hour Chabura. When you finished your Chabura, it was like a giant weight had been lifted off your shoulders. Right? Because you feel like, I did it. I did it. Right? It's like, Siamna. So I remember, after that, Four to six, you know, right? let's say uh, Minchu was at, uh, let's say the Chabur was from three to four. Four to six were the worst hours of learning for the entire Zman. Why? Because what's your feeling? I just want to take a break. I worked so hard. And Roshmulevitz would go over to the guys after every time they said Chaburah, you have to make sure that this is the Shtar Kaseder and you have to push yourself and you have to keep going. Why? Because the second you give yourself that break, Gravity starts to pull in, right? So people said to themselves, I'm going to do this for 21 days, for example. I'm going to do this for 21 days, right? No, the 22nd day is critical. Because people, once you have a goal of like 21 days, then what starts to happen, guys? As you start to wind down, all of a sudden it's going to be like, I just got across the finish line. I just got across the finish line. This is a marathon, not a sprint. In a sprint, all you have to do is cross the finish line, right? In a marathon, no matter how far you're in, you have to keep challenging yourself. Yeah. In this, so let's say on the twenty-second day. Yeah. Right. You're taking on something new to work on, but doesn't mean you let go of the first. Thing. So it's just it's an addition. It's not it's not a new focus. There's a uh, there's a book called the Rambam Diet, and based on a treatise that the Rambam wrote about asthma, this person published a book um, explaining how the Rambam saw f- saw food. One of the interesting things that he does that I like very much in that book is he has a six-week program where every single week you pick up a new habit. So the first week, you stop snacking between meals. The second week, you're doing light exercise. The third, meal, the third week, you change one meal. The fourth week, you change another meal. The fifth week, you change a last meal. 
right? And only by the six weeks, the sixth week, are you in full force in the program, right? And the reason why it's good is because those incremental changes, they help build you up and you make it a habit. So in the first week, right, it didn't feel so hard because what was I doing? No snacking. Okay, I'm still eating whatever I want for three meals, right? As long as it's in the context of my meal, I could eat it. So if it's a nine by 13 tray of poppers, right, that is an option. Yeah. So when I started this diet, by the way, I did that diet for three years and I lost a tremendous amount of weight on it. That diet was awesome, right? Because the first, in the beginning, tray of poppers, three meals a day, fine, no problem. As long as I'm not snacking, I'm doing the right thing. Second week, tray of poppers, three meals a day, no problem, as long as I took a brisk walk. Yeah? Third week, okay, tray of poppers, two meals a day, one meal a day, breakfast, let's say, was an apple and, uh, you know, two apples, let's say, okay? So no problem, I'm still, I know by lunch, what am I eating? Tray of poppers, right? And then you s slowly but surely, you habituate it, right? So if you let go of the basics, then, you understand? Get, people got to get off programs. Got to get off the programs of like, do this for 90 days, right? 90 days, like I'm doing that right now. I have like something I set for myself, 90 days. But it's only stage one, right? 90 days. And then what's going to be in the second 90 days? Right? Set for yourself real, actionable goals and write them down every single day. Guys, progress, seeing progress is so important. One of the important things that I've done for myself on this particular journey that I'm taking is I made a Google Doc. People say, why do you need a Google Doc? There are apps that do this. You know why you need a Google Doc and not an app? Because on an app, it only shows you that day. On a Google Doc, every single day, what do I have to, I have to scroll through, right? This is my 53rd day. To scroll through 53 days. Even if I'm not reading it, what do I get to see? Every day I'm scrolling that much longer. And even though today you can just swipe your finger fast and it go, it flies through, you know, I noticed it's taking longer and longer every single day to get to my goal. By the 90th day, I'm not just going to be, okay, this is what I did on day 90. I'm going to have to scroll through 90 days worth of work. The feeling of progress is paramount. You understand? It's a core part of it. Chart it. Make a calendar. Super duper important. So if you just translate the last line. Translate the last line. This is the homework. The homework was to choose either one of these things. If you're going to choose the first one, I want to know what the mitzvah is. If you're going to choose the second one, I want to see the sulam. I want to see the eight things. I want to see what's the goal. What are the things that you want to put forward to get that goal? What are the actions? I want you to create for yourself the metrics of writing it down. Last line was. It's amazing. It's a wonder to see and consider. Spinning really means to think deeply. That when a person starts to work on his individual avoda, he finds his place in the olamadora, according to the character traits that he has, and according to his essence.